This is a podcast by The Straits Times. The Festival of Football is in town as Tottenham Hotspur, Leicester City, Liverpool and Bayern Munich play pre-season friendlies at Singapore's National Stadium. Football is unofficially the national sport of Singapore and as thousands of fans pour into the Kalang area to watch these European teams, the local Singapore Premier League continues to see dwindling numbers. Hi, I'm ST Sports reporter Deepan Raj Ganesan and this is ST's Hard Tackle where we look at a sports topic each month and get stuck in and address some key talking points. In this episode, we look at why Singaporeans are more drawn to European football than what goes on in their own backyard. And I've got three guests with different allegiances in the studio today who join me to dissect this topic. First, Eddie Hirono, an Arsenal fan and Lion City Sailors fan, Sharil Rahman, a Liverpool fan, and Nitin Nambiar, a Spurs fan. Alright, welcome to the show, gentlemen. First and foremost, I would like you to introduce yourself and how long you've supported your respective clubs. Nitin, let's start from you. Hi guys, my name is Nitin Nambiar. I'm a Arden Tottenham Hotspur and Woolens Wellington fan. I've been watching football properly since the age of seven, and uh, when I turned nine, the S-League started. I live in Woodlands, so naturally, the natural choice for me was uh, to be a Woodlands Wellington fan. I come from a football-crazy family. We used to travel up to Malaysia. I was there when Abbasad scored the hat-trick um, to get us our Malaysia Cup glory days. An interesting story, I actually travelled up with Wenger, who became a family friend, so it was a natural fit for me to then go on to support Woodlands Wellington. Okay. In terms of Spurs, uh, unfortunately, I grew up in a family where all my relatives were Spurs fans, so it was a natural fit for me to do that. Yeah, it, has, it hasn't been a, it's been a bumpy road being a Spurs fan, but uh, I always remember the days where we used to be fighting relegation. Klinsman came back, scored four goals for us against Wimbledon. We survived that year. And for me to say 20 years later that we actually reached the Champions League final, I think it's not too bad. But yeah, we haven't won a trophy, so that's, uh, that's quite sad. <laughs> uh, a trip down memory lane with, with Nitin there. Speaking of memory lane, uh, Sharil, you have been a long-time Liverpool fan. When did you start supporting your club? So uh, I started supporting Liverpool during the Robbie Fowler and Steve McManaman era. They call it the Spice Boys era. Okay. So I remember that the walls on my rooms is filled up with all their posters and every day I'm looking at them, trying to be them. But uh, it does not work out in mm. the end. <laughs> yeah. Okay, moving on to Eddie. Eddie, you are a supporter of the Lion City Sailors and Arsenal. When did that begin? Yeah, so I think interestingly, conversely to what Nitin had said, where he grew up in a family of Spurs supporters, I grew up in a family of Man United supporters. So one time I asked them, like, which team should we be supporting? And they all said Man United. So I just looked at the other team that was playing, it was Arsenal, and I was like, okay, I'm supporting Arsenal instead. So a bit of a different story. After that, I, I came to... That was in 1998. I've been supporting the club ever since and I support the Home United since 2016 actually. So not that long ago, just seven years ago. And obviously when they rebranded and became LCS, then I also continued supporting them. So that's my story. Okay. And this is the point I, I want to ask each of you, right? Like what would have lured you to support your club? So I think it's interesting to start from Eddie first and foremost. Because you are the one in the room here that uh, is currently a supporter of uh, Singapore Premier League club, Lion City Sailors. So uh, when everyone else is, you know, enjoying European football and watching their respective teams, what led you to support Home United at that time? I think, um, ironically, part of it is the experience I had overseas watching football live. I think it's just such a, such a draw, there's such a thrill experiencing goals happening in front of you, tackles happening in front of you. Sometimes, you know, you can actually hear the, the tackles and... You can hear the the thud of the ball and everything. These are things that you don't really 
experience the thrill when you watch on TV. So I think naturally the curiosity got the better of me. I went to watch a local game. And I've been watching local games for a very long time, even before Home United, the choice to support Home United. But I, it's a funny reason, but I, I like Faris Ramli a lot. And so <laughs> okay. when he made the move to Home United, me, uh, my friend and I, we decided, hey, let's start supporting Home United. So that, that was just it. Like. And I think we also did appreciate a lot the Lions 12 era where, you know, there was a very thriving crowd and everything. So, so that really was, you know, how we got addicted to the drug that is um, live football. Okay. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, you know, you know, before this gentleman came on air, uh, one thing that I was talking to them about is there's no right or wrong when it comes to supporting who you want to support because we all have our choices, right? Some of us may want to watch Mediacorp shows on, on Channel 5. Some of us prefer to watch Netflix. So it's very different in that, in that regard. So, Nitin, uh, what lured you to, to Spurs more than anything else? Uh, again, I wasn't really given a choice. Mm. Uh, my, my dad told me this was the club you had to support and it just stuck with me throughout. Like I said, it's been a bumpy ride being a Spurs fan. You know, over the last few years, we've had pretty, you know, we've done pretty well. We've qualified for European football 13 years prior to this season. Um, it was 13 years in a row. So we've done okay. Spurs always kind of prided themselves on playing an attractive style of football, which has uh, disappeared since uh, Nuno, Conte and uh, Mourinho took over. But um, hopefully with Ange, you know, we'll get back to those days. In terms of Woodlands Wellington... It just made a lot of sense to me. I was one of those kids who, whenever I had time in between classes or whatever, we'd go and kick a ball, we'd play football. Um, Woodlands was just the club that was closest to me. Wenga was a family friend. And the third and final reason was Sundram played for Woodlands. And I mean, do I need a better reason than yeah. that? So so clearly Nitin's explanation you know, revolves around having local heroes, which is similar to what Eddie had in the form of Farish Ramli. Uh, Sharil, for you... Let's, let's bring in the festival of football right now because, of course, Liverpool are playing two matches here in Singapore against Leicester City and Bayern Munich. I assume you're going to at least one of those games. And have you been to Anfield to watch games? Yeah, actually, I've uh, been to Anfield like 2020. I think you have covered the story yeah. when I'm, I'm being scammed. Yes. And yeah, and that's when uh, we posted our plight in Facebook and a lot of Liverpool fans actually came forward to help us and actually one guy, this guy is a legend. His name is uh, Kevin Doran. Shout out to Kevin Doran if you hear this. Yeah, he actually set up a fundraiser to actually help us to get our match tickets. And it's not just any normal seats. It's uh, like the lounge seat, wow. VIP seat that we get. And yeah, it's actually to me, Liverpool is not just about the football club. It's actually it's about the fans helping one another. So hence the slogan, you'll never walk alone. So that's it's really touched my heart uh. Okay, fantastic to hear mm. that. Now, to, to contrast to, to everything that you have just said, Sharil, I have to ask, you know, have, have you been to uh, a local game in these last few years? And I asked you before you came on air, you know, whether you have, you're have a local football fan and you said not so recently. So why is it that, you know, you're not attracted to, to the local game? Is it that you don't have the affinity to it or, or what's the reason? I think the reason is uh, the competitive edge to it. Just... Uh, yeah, the winner only get this sum of money, but the one that is being last, they don't have any like relegation or promotion mm -hmm. in the league. So, but I think I watched the Lions 12 plays and it really interests me because of the competitiveness. And I think what lacks in our local league is the competitiveness edge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Andy, what would your response be to that? Because I, I think he raises a very valid point that, you know, you when you watch a league or when you support a team, you're not just watching your own team, right? You're watching it for the league and, and the competitiveness that's in the league. So for any given day, you watch a Liverpool against, for example, Luton Town in the next season. When you play at Luton Town's home ground, you might expect a, a topsy-turvy result. 
But in the Singapore Premier League, do you get that kind of excitement? Do you think it's fair to say that? I mean, just to address the point of no relegation, I think that that isn't the only factor. I mean, I, I think it is a big factor. Um, stakes are higher, you know, when people's contracts are on the line and all that. But I think the Singapore ecosystem, relegation would just result in the same players with their short contracts moving on to the promoted club. So I'm not so sure whether the stakes will be so high. As for other leagues with no relegation as well, but are still immensely competitive and entertaining to watch, you think of the NBA, you think of the MLS, there's no real stakes there. But yet, there's so much fanfare and everything. And I think, so relegation and the competitiveness, I guess it's just one factor. I agree totally with um, the Liverpool spirit and all that. And I think these are just stories that come out purely because there's such a long history behind the club. So these stories build upon each other and then there's this identity. I think if you give a local club maybe 50 years, LCS, I think there may be some stories like that building up as well. But I guess what we can't control is the media coverage. Mm. Um, how much media coverage is given to like the NBA or how much media coverage is given to Liverpool FC. So to me, that I think it's something that really, you know, you, you don't have this thing, you don't have the club enveloping you. You don't have the league like dominating your your entire day. No one talks about it in school. No one talks about it at work. People are only talking about Menu or Liverpool. So, not right, not wrong. But I think that is why, you know, the league in Singapore does suffer a bit from this. No one really cares kind of mm. thing. Yeah. And you know, on the hard tackle, you know, what I like to do is get uh, people to state their stance quite early on in the conversation. And this is the point I want to ask you guys one by one. And I think I'll start with you. You know, do you feel it is fair to ask a local to support an SPL club as much as he supports his favourite European team? Um, I don't think so. Because for me, first and foremost, you know, I produce and I direct some of the SPL matches. Um, I'm one of those producers who I constantly read the YouTube comments. And from what I gather, it's always a perceived lack of quality. You know, they always say, oh, he missed that chance, I can score. How are these guys professional players? But if you don't give this ecosystem a chance, it will never grow. What I would, Ask fans who genuinely love football, if, you know, if you love Liverpool, pick a team that's closest to you, head down, go and watch a game. I promise you the SPL is not as bad as people perceive it to be. Uh, the games are entertaining. Like for example, I, I was watching LCS and uh, Tanjong Baga yesterday. It was a close game, you know, LCS got a win in the end. But, you know, there's no 7-0 victories. It's not, it's not one team running away with it, anything like that. I always feel the games are close and the teams with quality, the quality players always shine through. And there isn't a lack of quality players in the league. You know, Nakamura, Lestien, my God. I think, I might think Lestien's one of the greatest ever SPL players because he's just quality, man. All his deliveries, they're Kevin De Bruyne-like, in my opinion. So yeah, I don't blame you for not watching, but at the same time, I accept that as a national team, Singapore hasn't been doing well. And I think we always judge it based off that. If the national team isn't doing well, the league isn't doing great. But I don't think that's the case. I think the league, actually, this season is more entertaining than ever. So give it a chance. Okay. Uh, Sharil, you know, the same question to you. Do you feel it is fair to ask uh, a local to support a SPL club? So for you, you know, is it fair for me to ask you as a local to support maybe uh, a Tampines Rovers as much as you support Liverpool? Why, why do you think it would not be fair? Because mm, I think uh, Singapore is such a small country and it will be hard for any SPL clubs or even the SPL itself to reach the standards of this European League so-called. It's also geographically unrealistic to have such rivalry with another Singapore club as Singapore is really small. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So so you're saying that, so for example, where where do you live in? Uh, east side. East side. So uh, you don't feel that having a, a east, Eastern club, you know, face a Western club, you wouldn't feel like it's a it's a proper rivalry. You, you feel it's too forced if, it's the, if that's the case. Yep. 
Okay. Uh, Eddie, for you, uh, do you think it's fair for, for me to ask a, a local to support a, a local team as much as he supports a, a European or English Premier League side? Uh, no, I think I don't think there should be such an obligation. What I'll comment on is um, the fact that, for example, like um, if you like Maroon 5, no one's going to say, how come you're not supporting local music instead? Uh, it's very weird if someone says that to you. I would say that I think people should be more sensitive when it comes to criticising things that they don't really know about. So I think I'm fine with people who come to games and they come to games and they give it a good go, like three to five games and then they say, no, this is really not my thing. And usually I find that it's because people don't really enjoy the life aspect of it. They don't really care for it so much. So they are like, okay, I don't really like it. And I think that's fine. So fair criticism and all that. But I think what does get the ecosystem, like kicks it even more down into the drain, right, is when people don't really watch it, don't give it a chance, and then they just say things like, you know, what Nitin said lah. So, these players are so bad, even my grandma also can lie down and score, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah, those yeah. things are harmful, I think, too. And a bit, fairly a bit insulting to the local supporters, I feel. Okay. Now, let's get around, you know, what can we do to entice these fans who, who don't give local football a chance? So, for you, Sharil, you know, what would you think needs to happen for you to give local football a chance? Like I said, just make it be more competitive. Yeah, and then introduce the promotion, the relegation system thing. And also to attract sponsors who are more than happy to fork out money to improve the infrastructure of whole uh, league. Build more stadiums, build world-class training facilities, just like JDT. Mm-hmm. Improve the quality of the pitches, yeah. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. And now back to my conversation with Eddie, Sharil and Nitin. So you, you are saying that all these things will have a direct impact on the quality of the league and then you might be enticed to go and watch it. So one of the short-term ways that you know the league has explored before was the marquee player system, right? So they used to have uh, a marquee player for most of the sites who was supposed to come and invite fans to come and watch the, the, the matches. So my obvious example would be Jermaine Pennant, a former Liverpool and Arsenal player, who drew fans for, for some time. But do you think it's something that we should revisit? Because at the end of the day, right now, we cannot go around the fact that Singaporeans do watch a lot of European football. I mean, they know certain names and certain players. Is that something that should be revisited to entice fans back into the Singapore League, Nitin? I don't think so. Like I said, you know, I really think the league does have quality players. Each team kind of has their own star players and they fit in well with their group. My focus would be more towards the kids. You know, go down to schools, get the kids involved in coaching sessions, bring the whole club down, give away free tickets because, you know, uh, that's what Woolens Wellington used to do when I was younger. It encouraged us all to want to go down. And when, when we went down, our parents obviously followed with us. And with the parents come the spending power. So I would go down that route because I believe adults are adults. So it's very hard to change their mind. But we should focus on the next generation. I remember at the start, the S League was so hot. The cup finals, the National Stadium were full. Woolens, Wellington and Geelong, the first ever uh, Singapore Cup final. It was full. It was a crazy atmosphere. We had it. Um, it carried on for the Malaysian Cup days. But it, it, it's just died down. And I think the adults at this point... It'd be hard to to change their mind. Lost cause. Yeah, we should focus on the kids and, mm. and, and try and start again. Okay. You know, a point that was mentioned early on in this show was that you guys can relate to certain players. So, Nitin for you was Sundram and then Eddie for you was Faris. Sharil, do you feel that you, you can relate more to the stars at Liverpool? So, your, your Mo Salas, your Jordan Hendersons, your Liverpool players. Do you feel like 
you have more of an interest in watching them and watching their interviews and what they have to say compared to Singaporean players. And if that is the case, why do you think that's the case? Yes, of course. Because these players, they understand the size of the club and why they are joining that club and who are they playing for. So I think they have the responsibility to do what they are good at uh, and winning trophies for the club. And that in turn makes me feel like I'm proud to be to have them in my team. Okay. Yeah. So would you would you then say that, you know, you don't sense that responsibility from local players in terms of wanting to uplift themselves? I mean, is that the natural thing that you're hinting at? Because there's not much like uh, media coverage on them. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't feel any uh, motivation. Relate to them, mm. uh, yeah. Okay. And is that a fair point there? I mean, because you raised the same thing right, about media coverage. Do you feel then, who is the onus on to increase the coverage of these players for people to know, okay, we have XX player, you know, he's from Woodlands and, you know, he's been in around Woodlands and now he's playing for this particular club. Who should the owners be on? I think if you look at, I think the Premier League is obviously the benchmark that everyone aspires to. But I think it's unrealistic right now. But if you just take a look at what the Premier League does, they have Fantasy Premier League, for example, which invites you to really get in-depth and study player statistics and all that. They even have Fantasy Premier League shows where they tell you about this player, that player. Then they have all these pundits that on talking about these players or why is Arsenal going through a slump in form why is Man City so good then they do the tactical analysis and all that now obviously I'm not saying that in Singapore the SPL should be doing that because I think that's tons of cost but I think we should try and I think the league has tried in some way um, then there's people like yourself with um, podcasts and all that Raushan with his podcast which if I'm not wrong he's not getting paid for mm. it as well then also, I mean, there's fans like myself who write like your own articles, you know, on websites. And I think what we're all trying to do is fill that void. La. But if you ask me who should be in charge of that, actually it should be the league and the clubs. La. So the league and the clubs must create this, as I said, it's an inescapable bubble where wherever I look, wherever I turn, all I see is Arsenal, all I see is English Premier League. And obviously it's a bit sad la, that I'm in Singapore, but I, it's harder for me to escape the English Premier League bubble than it is to escape a Singaporean Premier League bubble. There's no bubble. I, I'm not immersed in it and I we are trying our best to create it and get more awareness out there. Yeah. Okay. Beyond the awareness, am I fair to criticise the, the Singaporean spirit in the sense where, you know, you, you look at Indonesian football, I mean, just using that as an example. I mean, the quality isn't that far greater than compared to the, the Singapore League. But they fill out their stadiums very regularly and I'm not talking about 1,000, 2,000 spectators. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm talking about much more than that. Why is it that Indonesian fans, and, and they are crazy about the English Premier League too, right? We have to admit that. Why is it that they are so keen on supporting their local clubs but we still don't? Do you think it's a case where Singaporeans only want to support a, a winning team where, I mean, you look at Joseph Schooling, nobody talked about him before he won the Olympic gold medal. You look at Shanti Pera, no one was talking about her up till the last year where she's been winning her races. Is that a Singaporean problem, Nitin? Definitely, man. I mean, I re- like you go back to the Indra Sharan days, the Suzuki Cup. Stadiums were full, man, when we reached the semi-finals and all that. But it's always only at that point. When we hit the semi-finals, when we hit the finals, that's when suddenly the tickets are unavailable, you can't get them, all, all, the, all this stuff, nonsense. Uh. It's true, you hit the nail on the head there. We are a country that's so hungry for success, but we fail to realise that in order to get there, the players do need that extra support and we don't show up when it matters and that's very sad. And and how do you think we can fix that? This this thing about we don't show up until it matters, how do you fix that? Is that, like you mentioned, something you have to fix when you're young 
because you know you think that uh, the adults of a certain age are more or less a lost cause. In fact, what what can we do to fix it? Yeah, I I think again we've got to look at the youth and 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 you know even if it means uh, giving away free tickets, getting again getting you know you give the kids the tickets, the parents come, the the parents spend the money, they, they get the jerseys, stuff like that. I think that's how we build the ecosystem again because. Yeah, the adults, they just want success. Uh, you look at the majority of uh, even the, the, the foreign team fans, who do they support? They support the teams that win. So it's just a thing where we're constantly hungry for success. And that's not what football's about. I always love a good underdog story. I'm not saying Spurs or Woodlands Wellington are underdogs, not, not, not by a long shot. Ipswich Town's an underdog. But yeah, I, I think we all love an underdog story, but we don't want to support the underdogs till they reach a certain level. And that's where the problem lies. And I think... For kids or for the younger generation, that may not be the case. They may actually want to to see this underdog story play out and 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 feel the success. Because when you follow a team when they're down and when they win, I promise you it's so different from when a Liverpool win or, or Manchester United win. The feeling cannot be compared. So that's what we need to, to, to build again. We need to start from scratch and yeah, focus on the youth. Eddie, I think one thing that we, we have been mentioning a few times here is the feel of the league you know, the, the lack of competitiveness. Do you think that is something that needs to change first and foremost? Because for all that we talk about supporting winning teams, let's be real here, there are many, I'm sure you guys have friends as well who support your likes of Chelsea in the past season where they, they stayed true to the club even when they were losing games. I mean, Sharif, you're a Liverpool fan for quite some time. You guys didn't win anything, but I'm sure you woke up day after day watching Liverpool matches. I'm a Manchester United fan in the last few years, lack of uh, happiness and success. But still, you know, you, you wake up and watch these games. So, it's not always about Singaporeans not only wanting to support winning teams, right? Because if that's the case, we will have a whole country full of Manchester City fans, am I right? So, you know, beyond that, is it more a thing of we don't have this premium feeling when it comes to the Singapore League, whereas there's this premium thing attached to your European football? I would still go back to coverage, I think. I think the clubs need to do more to get themselves out there in the public consciousness because it's a routine. So why, it's a great point, right? So why would Arsenal fans like like, you know, they'll, they'll die to defend Arsene Wenger or they'll die to defend uh, Kolo Toure or whoever. Why do they do that? Because they, they love these debates with their friends. They love these debates with their family members and everything. They love these debates with online commenters. But who do I debate with if, like, for example, I want to say that LCS is, um, you know, is actually the best thing in Singapore, for example. Who am I debating with? The same 30 people? Pang Chia Thai from Tampines. <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> Pang Chia Thai from Tampines, yeah. So, I mean, I love Chia Thai, but, you know, there's just a lack of um, variety of like opinions in the media from various bloggers and everything. And all these things are actually become a routine. So as an Arsenal fan, I mean, I go to visit like arsblog.com, who is a very prominent Arsenal blogger. When I was younger, I went to Soccernet. First thing, you want to see who, which club, which, which uh, stars are linked to your club and everything. But I, I, I ask you this, if you are now a Balestier Kausa fan, for example, you try your best, right, to recreate this routine. How? What, what what are you going to do? You just go to the Instagram, refresh, and then there's nothing much, right? I mean, I'm not knocking Balestia here, but there's just no vibrant scene of content being created. It makes me very difficult. As I said, I can escape that bubble very easily because there's nothing to keep me in there. Whereas for Arsenal, it's just 24-7 Arsenal, 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 English Premier League, Arsenal. Yeah, yeah so I think it's, it's very valid points that you guys are raising. And I know... Uh, if we want to talk about the improvements of the Singapore Premier League, I'm sure you also have your opinions on, on broadcasting and how that can be improved as well. And, and we all have our own say on how the, the SPL can be improved. 
And I think, it's, like I said, it's, it can be a long conversation, but I just want to draw us back into the festival of football, which was the pack here. Sharil, Liverpool are here and they're going to be taking part in open training sessions and matches as well. What are you looking forward to over the next few weeks? So, honestly, I'm looking forward to to see the two new signings Liverpool made, uh, Zoboslai and McAllister. Uh, see how they can uh, fit into the squad and how they link up the play with the current players. And especially McAllister, how often do you get the World Cup winner to play for Liverpool? Yeah, yeah. and watch him in, in person, right? Yeah. And I think that goes back to the conversation as well that, you know, Singaporeans want to watch renowned players up and personal and, and up close and you can't fault them for it. Nitin, I, I understand that you won't be around when Spurs play the match here against the mighty Lion City sailors. But, you know, <laughs> what can Spurs fans look forward to while they're here? Is that something that you can talk about? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm part of the Singapore Spurs Potters Club and, um, you know, they've got a couple of meet-the-player sessions. My nephew has been chosen to be a mascot for the Spurs game, so hopefully he walks out with Son or Kane. Again, these are once-in-a-lifetime Might memories. be the last mascot to walk out with Kane, huh? Maybe, man, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but these are the things that Spurs, to be fair, in the last 10 years, they've come quite often. I think this is like the third or fourth visit in the, probably the last 10 years. I'm not complaining about it. It's definitely something to look forward to. We've got exciting signings as well. I really like James Madison as a signing. I'm seeing how he fits into the team. Apart from that, Ange Postacoglu is a huge um, managerial appointment. He's played some fantastic football all over the world. Won the treble at Celtic last year. In fact, when Spurs played West Ham earlier this week, I've never seen stats like that in a long time, maybe since the Pochettino days, we have 70% possession, 600 plus passes, 30 shots. So yeah, I think the Spurs fans are looking forward to finally seeing some attacking football. And uh, we've always had good players and uh, th- those players will be showing up. But again, like you mentioned, not sure Harry Kane will be around for much longer. Alright, moving on to the Lion City Sailors part of things. I mean, naturally a lot of fans have been disappointed by the fact that Roma will not be playing here against Spurs. But from a local angle, you know, how exciting is it for Lion City Sailors, not just for the players, but also for the fans to be part of this action against Spurs. I think, it's, as always, it's a good benchmarking exercise, especially as we're heading into the Asian Champions League. So you want to know where you're at. You wanna, and, and I know, of course, Spurs is definitely going to send second stringers for parts of the game and they are just tuning up, whereas LCS is thick in the middle of the season, right? But I think it's still a useful exercise sometimes. Like, for example, the Dortmund 7-2 loss. That's when you know like, that even though it's just second stringers, but we're far, far, far away from, you know, the standards in the Bundesliga. And I think once again, we want to see whether the six foreign signings, whether they will lift us to a standard that means that we can actually, you know, not look too bad in front of a national stadium crowd. Okay. And just a reminder, the festival of football happens from 25th of July to the 2nd of August. Before I let you guys go, I just want to end off the conversation with just one question. A lot of different media channels and different media personalities usually come out to brand this whole pre-season thing as a, as a circus. And, and they like to say that, oh, European teams visiting Singapore is a bit of a circus because what does local football gain or what do locals gain from that? And Nitin, you already touched on how you, know, you have a nephew who's going to be a mascot at the game. That, that's something he's never going to forget for the rest of his life. But I'll start with Eddie first. You know, do you object to that term of them branding it as a circus? And what's your thoughts on it? Well, I think, you know, being in the media, a lot of people, they will come up with extreme views because if they're not extreme, then uh, it won't really invite clicks and views. La. But I'm sure it's a lot more nuanced than that. La. Does part of me feel that they come here just to fleece locals? Yes, of course I do. I don't think that they actually care about meeting the fans. Uh, I'm an Arsenal fan, but when Arsenal came down, I didn't give a crap. Because... 
you think they're gonna remember who you are? No, they're not. Unless you do something outrageous, lah. Like, for example, if I'm a Birdcam fan and I give him like to sign like four hundred Birdcam shirts that I've amassed over the years, of course he's gonna remember me. But other than that, they they don't care about you. And I really think, um, in that sense, I agree that it's a, it's a bit of a circus. It's just to take your money and go. I think it's very fitting. You can see how Roma once the first leg of their Korean uh, preseason got cancelled. They didn't want to come out to Singapore anymore. And I mean, if I were a Roma fan, I'd be very, very disappointed. Like, if that is not a sure sign that the club doesn't really care about you, then I don't know what is lah. Okay, Sharil, I'll, I'll come to you next. You know, you have the the privilege of watching Liverpool at Anfield, but you know, the reality is not many Liverpool fans can afford that amount of money to travel to to England and watch a game there. So, do you take offense to people calling this uh, preseason exercise a bit of a circus? And from your perspective, what do you think of the whole preseason trip here? Yeah, I think uh, this preseason trip will actually benefit Liverpool players as well as the Singapore fans. They know that they have a fan base in Singapore, so they will realize, eh, hey, we have a fan in Singapore. So yeah, it's quite big here, and in the future we can come again. And for Singaporeans who is not privileged to travel to Liverpool, they can experience the same atmosphere like uh, in Liverpool, yeah. So, I think it's a win-win situation for both. Okay, Nitin, to, to close things off, what, what do you feel, you know, you, you, you've you talked about the, the experiences that you've had as a Spurs fan. What do you think of the whole pre-season uh, trip here from Spurs? Um, I mean, let's be brutally honest, the players don't want to be travelling 19 hours from London to come to Singapore to play a game or anything of that nature. But it's part of the job for them, right? They get paid, uh, the club gets paid uh, handsomely. It's not ideal preparations, far from it, if we, in, in my opinion. But um, yeah, in terms of the fans who get to experience it, of course, they are the winners in the end. But are they the winners in the end? I think the clubs are. Probably the clubs gain a, a good financial amount from it. But yeah, I'm glad they come. I wish they didn't come so often. Uh, it's getting a bit often for my liking now. It seems like they're trying to milk us as much as possible. Like, 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 you know, if, if Spurs came once every 10 years, I wouldn't be flying, flying off to Japan. I'd be watching the Spurs game. But it's happening so often nowadays that it kind of leaves a sour taste in your mouth. And when you look at the ticket prices, they're like 120, 150 bucks. Um, that's, that's serious money, man. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I see both sides of the coin. But yeah, end of the day, the clubs are the winners. They make a good amount of money from coming here. Alright, once again, thank you so much for coming in and discussing this topic. Whether this preseason or festival of football, as they call it, is a circus or not, you know, it's up to your imagination and what you think of it. But this was our take on it. Thanks guys for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.